Hi, Tony. My name is William. I was wondering if you could help find me some cheats for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 because I have tried some websites. I can't find any that work. So if you can do that, I'd be ever so grateful. Thanks, William. Welcome to We Should Know Better, the podcast where we hitchhike through Wikipedia. I'm Sky. I'm Kyle. And I'm Tim. We're back at it. We took a little hiatus, but we're here. We're ready to ready to wiki <laughs> all the way down. All 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 the way from the lighthouse of Alexandria to Tony Hawk. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Two wonders. Yep. Oh. So Kyle and Kyle and uh Tim are gonna compete to try to get from one to the other in the fewest number of clicks. Uh, and in order to, to do, oh, before we start, um, <laughs> I gotta get his name. Uh, animator. Did you hear that the animator? Oh, Roger um, Rabbit. Yeah. Roger Rabbit. Richard Williams passed away. What's that? He died at 86. Oh, the Os- Oscar award winning animator who worked on the hit film Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So. Which we have visited about eight times in the course of the no, show. No, we were mm-hmm. just there that once. I don't think that's true. Really? I mean, it was a it I was a start page least... once. That's like maybe true. one or two back. Uh, two episodes. Yeah, I ago. know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's sad. <laughs> that's sad. It is but sad. I just wanted that to start sad. the podcast off on a great note. Um, uh. Is there any new cheese bar news? Uh, not to my knowledge. They have still not uh, tweeted. I haven't seen anything. They did not respond yeah. to any of my tweets. <laughs> well, Sky, when you say any, how many tweets? I did wish you send I your remembered how. Okay, how can so if Wait. I search, <laughs> if I search my Twitter handle and say cheese bar and yes, and it then should pick no, it but up. I need to be at. I don't know about. I'll, I'll just put cheese bar and see what comes up. Oh, good. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> the, the one that here's the here's the best tweet. I was just trying to bait them. I was like, "What will they answer to?" Mm-hmm. And one of the tweets is just at cheese bar and where is the cheese bar? <laughs> perfect. Um, no, yeah, absolutely. Perfect they haven't. Re- they haven't tweeted since they talked about their thick cut bacon in April. Uh, on April nineteenth. Maybe not all as well as in the cheese barn. Maybe things okay. have not gone well with the social media intern at the cheese barn. Now I know. Oh, no. <laughs> Grandpa, what have you done? <laughs> um, I can't find my other tweets. But, yeah, that's probably the best one. So I think I, I don't think we can top that. That's, uh, that's very good. So tonight, you guys, I actually gave you guys your, your uh, Who Goes First game early just so you can mm-hmm. think about it a little bit more. Yes. But mm-hmm. I'm very What excited. you guys are going to do is I've given each of you an ancient wonder of the world uh, that is not the Lighthouse of Alexandria. Uh, right. Um, Kyle has the Colossus of Rhodes. Tim has the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. And I asked you to create for me a skateboard trick, a skateboard move. Yep. Uh, based on uh, one of those ancient wonders. And I guess like that would be the name of the trick as well. 
it'll be yes. like you know yeah the colossus of Rhodes, the hand gardens oh i gave it a different name oh that's fine if your name's better than that then good if it's not i'm gonna judge it based on that as well the name's not you as know, good as fair. the original thing i'm i'm good with that that's fine so uh, i also <laughs> did, did either of you make any diagrams for me why, I did not. why yes i did okay oh, great gosh we are in audio <laughs> i need to Format. see that tim they're gonna help me tim and as long as, have as, a long as we post them on the blog spot and the twits yeah. yeah you wound me yes this is absolutely going out on twitter are you kidding Look, me? i am i am perfectly capable of painting pictures for the mind that's great i will not judge mm. it solely on the diagram for sure um okay well i'm gonna upload my picture here okay uh, you don't have to look at it straight away, I guess, unless we're Let's just do you first. doing these right now. Okay. So mine, I'm uploading it right now. Okay, good. And I'm just putting it into the into the chat. Uh, I have illustrated this with uh, the majestic, <laughs> with the majestic <laughs> stick figure. Okay. Oh, uh, there are four steps to this. So the. Uh, we all know the the Colossus of Rhodes, right? It's the the big statue that. Uh, oh, how you're not turning this into what, a pitch? No, I yes. Okay. <laughs> you love the Colossus of Rhodes. Now let me pitch you on. Uh, no, so what the way that this trick works is you uh, go up on the half pipe. Okay. Uh, and as as the majestic Colossus of Rhodes, you uh, you know the the statue straddled two different uh, parts of the land across the across the the water the bay and so as you go up the half pipe you come up onto the lip of the half pipe uh you pull out your second skateboard and you uh do a do a i guess i don't know skateboard tricks that well but i'm guessing this is called like a double ollie okay <laughs> sort of one you you have one foot on each of the skateboards as you uh, extend your body out on off of the lip of the of the uh of the uh the, the uh, half pipe into a crooked helios okay which is the the name of the trick great uh you know you know obviously the majesty of the trick uh and then as uh traditionally uh since the statue uh collapsed into the ocean because of earthquakes yeah uh Though and you know it is traditionally completed by just letting go of the lip of the of the uh, half pipe and falling out falling down into the half pipe itself, letting both skateboards flop away in despair. Interesting. So that is uh, that is the crooked Helios. Okay, thank you, <laughs> Tim. Okay, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Yeah, you start on a rooftop. Hmm. <laughs> You ollie off that rooftop. Sure. You do a half and ollie is, is a little jump. You jump when you yes. jump on a skateboard. You, you jump well. off the roof, basically. You can you can just jump off it if you want. I don't know any of this stuff. You perform a half backflip with a kickflip, so you are basically hanging upside down. You suspend yourself on a telephone wire. Whoa! Your your board is is straddling the wire, and your your feet are kind of hooked on top of it. Whoa! So you are hanging suspended <laughs> from a telephone wire, uh, and any marijuana that you had in your pockets 
uh, falls out <laughs> to the people below. And that is the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. <laughs> oh, no. That's very good. That's very good. Um, I This is a close one, but I think I'm going to give it to Tim. Kyle, your diagram's good, but I also like a trick that ends with you face planning. Um, yeah. It's accurate, but it's also, like, not the coolest. <laughs> and But Tim is also... Tim is just very, very funny. That's fair. <laughs> Both ideas are very good. It was very close. I very much like the oh. strap to back, question mark, question mark. Oh, yeah. I was trying to figure out the logistics yeah. of it. And I was oh, like, well, how would you even do that? You wouldn't carry the uh, the skateboard with you. You would you would have to have it like, yeah, strapped to your back or something. Um, so, yes, I had to I had to put that in there as well. Very good. Beautiful. I I. I would not have been mad at all if you had given that to Kyle. I, I was because it was good. It was close. The diagram really does does add gravitas to that. Well, in that there's gravity involved. Yes. Yeah. True. Uh, okay, then. So, all right. once again, we are starting on the lighthouse of Alexandria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we are ending with Tony Hawk. Yes. Okay. Mister Hawk, it's a cool lighthouse. Uh, the Lighthouse of Alexandria, sometimes called the Pharos of Alexandria, maybe by its parents, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Only when it's in trouble. Uh, was a lighthouse built by the Ptolemaic Kingdom. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly. I think so. During the reign of Ptolemy II Philadelphus. Uh, sure. It was estimated to be 100 meters or 330 feet in overall height. And one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Wow. Uh, for many centuries, was one of the tallest man-made structures in the world. It survived three earthquakes. Um, it was the third longest surviving ancient wonder, after the mausoleum at Halicarnassus. Wow, and the extant Great Pyramid of Giza, surviving in part until 1480, when the last of its time. remnant stones were used to build a citadel on the site. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because it was pretty ruined. Uh, This part's pretty cool. In 2016, the the Ministry of State of... The Ministry of State of Antiquities... I don't think I read that second of there before. uh, In Egypt, Mm -hmm. uh, had planned to to turn these submerged ruins of ancient Alexandria, including those of the pharaohs, into an underwater museum. Hmm. That's pretty awesome. An underwater museum would be great. (laughs) And we should probably... we should invest in that idea. Mm-hmm. That's something that in the future we'll probably see oh, more of. Well, yeah, we're going to have a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. That'd be real useful. Welcome to Charleston. Technology. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. uh, there's stuff on here about his construction that's pretty good. Uh, after Alexander okay. the Great died. What? Am I read? Oh, yeah, sorry. Go on. You're you're gonna get there. Uh, Ptolemy announced himself king. He commissioned his construction shortly thereafter, uh, and then it was finished when his son uh, took uh, took over. Uh, it took twelve years to complete, which isn't that long, and it cost eight hundred talents, which is like I looked it up. It's like a little over a billion dollars in today's money, Dang. which actually isn't. Well, I guess it's actually not that big, so it's not a you know, 
I guess that <laughs> it's not that impressive uh, according to today's standards, but yeah. Good job. Uh, the light oh, was pro- an interesting story. Yeah, the light was produced by the furnace at the top, and the tower was said to have been built mostly with solid blocks of limestone. Um, yeah, are you talking about the the whole like uh, so, is it Sostratus? Sostratus? Sostratus. No, no. Uh, what I was looking at was at the top, or a, uh, a little bit earlier, where it said Alexandria and Pharos were later connected by a mole spanning more than twelve hundred meters. And I had to actually Whoa. mouse over that to see what they mean as far as a mole, because I was like, a mole? Just like a like a small digging animal? Yeah. No, it's, it's according to this, like a pier, a stone pier between uh, places separated by water. So they just had basically a stone walking path between them. And apparently there's a, just a full word for that in the English language that I did not know. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Huh. They say it like four more times in that paragraph. You know, just so, a mole. Which leads me to believe, yeah, which leads me to believe that whoever edited this was found, learned that word that day. Right. And was exceedingly excited to use it. Absolutely. Um, I, this this I, is a fun little uh, story. Uh, Strabo... Strabo. Strabo Strabo. reported that Sostratus had a dedication to the savior gods inscribed in metal letters on the lighthouse. Later, Pliny the Elder wrote that uh, Sostratus was the architect, which is disputed because Pliny the Elder, like, is nothing right. (laughs) It's a quack. In the second century AD, uh, Lucian wrote that Sostratus hid his name under plaster bearing the name of Ptolemy. Oh my God! Ptolemy, Ptolemy, Ptolemy. Sorry, Ptolemy. Uh, bearing the name of Ptolemy, whichever. So that when the plaster fell off, so Stratus's name would be visible in the stone, which I like. That's amazing. A lot. Yeah. Um, what a burn. Yeah. <laughs> actually, actually, at me. <laughs> but yeah. So there's another fun story about one of the times that the lighthouse may have been uh, wrecked. Wrecked. Uh, so the 10th century writer Al Masudi reports a legendary tale of the lighthouse's destruction, according to which, at the time of Caliph Abd al Malik ibn Marwan, hopefully I pronounced that correctly, the sure. Byzantines sent a eunuch agent who adopted Islam, gained the Caliph's confidence, and secured permission to search for hidden treasure at the base of the lighthouse. The search was cunningly made in such a manner that the foundations were undermined and the pharaohs collapsed. Oh no! The what? agent managed to escape in a ship waiting for him. Oh my! I gosh. don't know. Uh, I don't know if that's. I mean, yeah, probably not. But still, that's a good story. I like. like uh, you sure are uh, digging a lot down there. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna find the treasure. Yeah, it's kind of uh, it, making the. Pretty sure that's making yeah, the lighthouse sure shift. Maybe you wall should there. put some yeah. of those stones back as you go. <laughs> I don't. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, there's a couple like in the significant sections. There's a couple like theories of like other things they would use the lighthouse for. Because apparently, like just being a cool lighthouse isn't enough. Um, yeah. In 2008, sure. it was suggested that the Pharos was a vertical yardstick used in the first precise me- measurement of the size of the Earth. What? I think somebody went up there and did that. Uh, 
It okay. said that the people of the island of Pharos were wreckers, which... I was just getting... Yeah, I yeah. looked up. That's like... You know how... You know... Um, <laughs> you know the pickers? You know American pickers? You know yeah. how they go in and they... Like, you know how like they made a living of going in and, and taking uh, precious things that old people have have like gathered over the years and collected sure, and like sure. screwing them out of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They're like that except for shipwrecks. <laughs> like they just go in and they like take the stuff in a shipwreck. And uh, so it, this, is, this is saying that he had the lighthouse built to help guide ships into port at night because people would just take all the stuff in the ships. They didn't make it into port. I mean, I, I, I get that, yes, but also like also yeah, you'd think people would stop trying to do that if the if if a word got around that like oh yeah don't sail in there at night you're gonna wreck and then you're gonna lose all your stuff yeah, like you'd think people would just not do that yeah you gotta get in you gotta get in Alexander's a Alexander's a big deal a big deal I guess <laughs> I suppose yeah so uh, oh, do you guys got any ideas well. If you give me if you give me the opportunity, I'm always going to take it. Yeah. Yeah, I know you are. So there is the in video games section. What? <laughs> the lighthouse is one of the wonders of the world that could be built in the nineteen ninety one computer game Civilization. Ooh. Giving it has a bonus so many to ship video movement. game references. Mm-hmm. It would appear again in all the latter installments <laughs> of the series. I was wondering, like, is it should that be later? But latter also works. Yeah. Um, and it's been in a lot of video games. I was about yeah. to say it's got it's got several credits, I suppose. Yeah, uh, featured in Assassin's Creed Origins, SimCity 3000, um, in Assassin's Creed Assassin's Creed Origins case, uh, they actually did research with a French archaeologist and Egyptologist uh, to make sure that their that the lighthouse was correct. So you can climb it and perform a dive kill on someone from it. Yeah, and then completely disregarded all of that because it wasn't cool enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm going to click on Civilization, the video game. Really? Nice. Mm -hmm. I really thought you were going to go with Assassin's Creed. Um, You can. Huh. Yeah, I might. Okay. I might. Going down this Uh, video game road. I mean, this this is... Here's the problem. Sky, mm-hmm. I I enjoy Tony Hawk in a lot of ways. I think he is he. I think he's a like a modern personality in a way yes. that is very unique. Yeah. Like I don't think anyone can do what he's doing right now. I don't think it could. I wonder. I don't know if it can ever be done again. It's a very unique position but, to be in, where yeah. you like were famous, it, didn't get much of a scandal. Now you're kind of a dad, but you're still very <laughs> cool. <laughs> And you but know how to tweet. To the extent that, it, yeah, and that's it. Like that's, the, I think that's the difference is that he's extremely <laughs> my, good at social media. My dad's cool. He knows how to tweet. <laughs> but this is it. Like, and and he's at the exact right age for all of us who grew up with those video games and and watching him on TV. Right. Who like Twitter is where we sort of live, sorta, and it's hard to get away from it. So we, you know, we can interact with him there, but. And he has such a weird and unique interaction on Twitter. Uh, I I enjoy him, but I don't know almost anything about him. 
Um, oh, geez. I, so, so really the only thing I've got to go on is like, yeah, action adventure video game. I, huh, is it a, it's a sports game, right? Technically. Yeah. The, the, the Tony yeah. Hawk games, are they, yeah, would they games. be sports games? Yes. <laughs> oh goodness. Uh, see, here's the other thing is just video game is linked here too. Oh yeah. I don't have to technically go with action adventure or oh, this could wait, be over very quick. To I'm going to go with action adventure. I'm going to try it. Okay. Action adventure game. All right, Tim civilization build an empire to stand the test of time. Sid Meier's civilization is a turn-based strategy 4X video game. Uh, what does the 4X stand for? Um, exploration. Expand. Yes. Ex- Exploit, explode, and I think exterminate. Um, basically, you just oh. you know you build yeah build an empire to stand the test of time, and if other people get in your way, you can either negotiate with them or blow them up. Those are the two options. Yep. Uh, Civilization was originally developed for MS DOS, running on a PC, uh, but you can also find it on Macintosh, Amiga, Atari ST, the Super NES, Sega Saturn. PlayStation and the N Gage. Ooh, the N Gage. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Uh, so this is—I have actually never played a Civilization game, uh, but I know Sky Hats. I have. I haven't either. How do you like those guys? They're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Okay. I only, what? I only played five, which is like considered like the best one, I think. Uh, and it's fine. It's a lo- it's a lot of time, mm-hmm. and in okay. in like simulation games like that, it's like the a- the AI is not very good, or it's very good, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's fine. There's so, only there's only two real things I know about Civilization games is Civilization Four has the really great opening song. Oh yeah, that won a Grammy. Yeah. What? And that usually Gandhi tends to turn violent and yes. it's funny. That's all I know. Yeah. What? Yep. Each um, culture oh. is represented by like one person. It's a little weird. Yeah, of course. Players can build wonders of the world in each of the uh, yeah. epics of the game. Points. Epochs. Oy. Subject only to obtaining the prerequisite knowledge. These wonders are important achievements of society, science, culture, and defense. Ranging from the pyramids and the Great Wall in the ancient age to Copernicus's observatory and Magellan's expedition in the middle period... Up to the Apollo program, the United Nations, and the Manhattan Project in the modern era. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, good. The Manhattan Project. Yeah. Uh, each wonder can only be built once and requires a lot of resources. <laughs> far more than most other city buildings or units. You can build a second lighthouse, but is it really that cool? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what happens. Oh, really? Yeah, and it can take like, it can take like several turns to build it. So a lot of times okay. what would happen is I would start building the lighthouse, for example, or like the Statue of Liberty in Egypt. I don't know. And like, the game? I'd be two steps away and then suddenly it would be like, oh, Alexander the Great just built the <laughs> Statue of Liberty <laughs> and now you're done. Like that's all that turn was worthless. I'm like, oh, cool. Great. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. <laughs> the game can be won by conquering all other civilizations Yep. Or by winning the space race by reaching yes. the star system of Alpha Centauri. Yep. 
amazing. So you, it's like, well, you can either be technologically advanced or kill everyone. It's like, well, I can either, I can either be the greatest in the world, or I or can go into space. Just eat yourself right. Which off one's this more likely? <laughs> yep. Can I just be content with who I am? <laughs> I mean, not if not for the advancement of humankind. No, you can't. Hmm. And it was a board game in 1980. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Yep, that's one of the board games that I look at it. I'm like, I'm never going to play this. <laughs> there are so, Sky, so many things. What to you in in being the only one of us who has played a Civ game? Uh, what to you actually makes it like a distinct thing? Like what makes it Civilization as opposed to like SimCity? Uh, I think it is the, the, the four X is so important that it is, even though I was okay. complaining about like the AI and stuff, they're like such a big component yeah. of it. And the, yeah, just the idea of like expansion, but also it, it's not mm. a war game. Like you have units, oh. but it's very simplistic. I see. Um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> okay. All okay. Right. Here's, here's, here's the section down. on Gandhi. An yeah. Easter egg in most of the games in the series references a supposed integer underflow bug in civilization that causes a computer-controlled Gandhi, normally a highly peaceful leader, to become a nuclear warmonger. The game is said <laughs> to set Gandhi's aggression value to 1 out of a maximum 255 possible for a 8-bit unsigned integer, making com- computer-controlled Gandhi tend to avoid armed conflict. However, once a civilization achieves democracy as its form of government, its leader's aggression value falls by 2. Oh, uh, which would normally make negative one, but in this case would wrap it around to two hundred fifty-five, fifty-six. <laughs> yeah, um, that's very But funny. interviewed in two thousand nineteen, developer Brian Reynolds said with ninety-nine point nine nine percent certainty that this story was apocryphal, oh. recalling Gandhi's coded aggression level as being no lower than other peaceful leaders in the game, and doubting <laughs> that a wraparound would have had the effect described. But there's still a zero point zero one chance. <laughs> yeah, that's very funny. He noted that all leaders in the game become quote pretty ornery unquote after their acquisition mm. of nuclear weapons, and suggested that this behavior simply seemed more surprising and memorable when it happened to Gandhi. Yeah, I can believe yeah. that. Ornery, ornery. Mm. That's a that's a word choice. Ornery. Uh, so, mm. uh, I am going to. Uh, the game also shared many things with the popular fantasy card trading game Magic: The Gathering. Uh, in 1999, Activision released Civilization Call to Power, a sequel of sorts oh. to Civilization II, but created by a completely different design team. I'm going to Activision for no particular reason. Yeah, none at none all. At all. <laughs> uh, all right, well, fine. I'm going to have to make this page last a little longer because you're, you're real close. That's no, fine. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to do an hour and a half podcast either. <laughs> <laughs> Action adventure is a video game genre that combines core elements from both the action game and the adventure game genres. Okay, great. Thank you. I bet you guys did not see that coming. (laughs) Wow, good. So here's the great part of this, and I just want to point this out. Both action game and adventure game have separate Wikipedia pages. Great. So, So this page is just the child, the love child of both of those Wikipedia pages. Gross. But... It's so great that, that there are enough nerds out on Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're all here. That someone was like, action game, and they were like, ah, oh, this doesn't quite get what I wanted, as well as like adventure games, too. 
and then someone else is on the adventure game page and like, oh, but action games are sort of a part of this too. And so this page was born. <laughs> uh, I, oh, wow. I just, mm, I really, I don't know if I can read this in a nerdy enough voice. Like, I really don't know if it's possible. Because not only does this page just start with that great line that it's just, you know, hey, this is just both of these other pages that we mashed together. Uh, It immediately starts into, like, well, with the history of, with the decline of the adventure game genre from mainstream popularity in the early 2000s, the use of the term and the hybrid term, quote, action-adventure, end quote, has been more liberal. It's not uncommon for gamers to apply the term, quote, adventure or action, end quote, to describe the genre of fiction to which a game belongs and not the gameplay itself. I, that just hurts, guys. (laughs) That just, oh, it's so, it's so nitpicky about a video game just calm down everyone it's like fruits and vegetables like are <laughs> uh, oh no yeah this is this is the to- is a tomato a yeah, fruit exactly. or a vegetable page this is what this yep. is uh this is an entire wikipedia page about whether or not a tomato is a fruit oh my goodness um yeah love so action vegetable hybrided love to be a gamer <laughs> <laughs> love love to game about tomatoes uh, is action adventure is a hybrid genre, and thus the definition is very inclusive, leading it to be the broader genre of video games. Or maybe, and let me just float this out here: we just call it what we think. Like we just feel like it's a different. Like just call them what you think they are. It's just a video game. It does not we matter took, in this. We case. took the two biggest uh, forms of video games and we put them together into one genre, and that genre is the biggest one. Yeah. Oh, oh! you know how pop music is real popular. Oh, and then there's rock music. Oh, you know what? Actually, it's close to both of those. Let's just, it's its easier if we just merge them together. Pop rock music. Yeah, that's, yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I'm going to get off my my soapbox here. Uh, yeah, it can include many games, better categorized, blah, blah, blah. Pure adventure games. Pure adventure games. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Why did I come here? Um, Typically, this page demands, pure adventure games have situational problems for the player to solve with very little or no action. Period. Okay. All right. So if there is action, it's generally confined to isolated minigames. Well, doesn't that make it an action adventure then? Even if it's confined to isolated minigames? And pure action games have gameplay based on real-time interactions that challenge the reflexes which according to this page also means that there are not situational problems for the player to solve using the real-time interactions and challenging of the reflexes because otherwise it would be an action adventure game. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, they're the same thing, you guys. They're an action adventure game, action games and adventure games, same thing. They're the same thing. Uh, so just chill gamers. Uh, anyway, uh, they list some examples of action adventure games here as The Legend of Zelda, God of War, and Tomb Raider. So, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. And most other games where you do a thing mm-hmm. are basically action adventure, I think, I, I think by a lot of stretches. Have you seen the subgenres? You're going to be so upset. <laughs> I have not scrolled down far enough yet. 
should I should I not look? Should I not go that far? I don't know. They're just other genres. Oh my! (laughs) How many? There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm very surprised that just like the first person shooter isn't one of these. Tim, we've got there are we got first person, we've got third person. Oh, hold on, Sky, Sky, Tim. Yes. Name a subgenre of action adventure games. Uh. Uh, puzzle action adventure. No, stealth. Strategic stealth games action does adventure. mention mentions puzzle. Oh, okay. All right, I'll give that to you then. But stealth game is under puzzle. Strategic puzzle is under stealth. We'll game. give survival games. It's kind of strategic. Sure, inventory management is what survival that calls that horror. one. Yeah, specifically yep. that's. Oh no, sorry, that's a separate one in particular. Oh, uh, survival horror, which survival emphasizes survival- inventory management and making sure the player has enough ammunition and recovery items to survive the horror setting. That are the two things that they really point out there. Hmm. But it's not a survival game, quote unquote. Right. Cute, that's, that's a separate thing. No, no. unfortunately, there's a mercy. Cute should always be a subgenre. Agreed. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you, Tim. <laughs> I think that that's entirely correct. Platform adventure, but games. it's not on here. Isometric platform adventures. Three <laughs> D immersive, immersive <clears throat> Sims. Why don't they just call it Simmersive? Okay, that's that good. good. Actually, uh, however, I will tell you that immersive Sim was my favorite uh, side character in the Matrix movies. Yeah. Real, real fun. Very underrated. Um, all right. Oh my goodness. Do I continue with this? Brent Weiss cites. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Why did I start this? Brent Weiss cites Superman of 1979 as an action adventure game, with Retro Gamer crediting it as, quote, the first to utilize multiple screens as a playing area. Not a playing area. So th- first to utilize multiple oh. screens as playing area. As playing area, sorry, I got I actually made it better <laughs> accidentally. Oh man. Uh it credit they credit Adventure in nineteen eighty as the earliest known action adventure game. Or was it an adventure or was it an a- I mean the name is it's literally called Adventure. <sighs> Castle Wolfenstein, another early action adventure game. Sure. Uh Venture, also another early adventure game. Castlevania, uh, Trojan, Wizards and Warriors. Yeah, these are all games. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to IGN, uh, they argue that... Oh, they argue. IGN UK argues, according to Wikipedia, that The Legend of Zelda of 1986 helped to establish a new subgenre of action-adventure, becoming a success due to how it combined elements from different genres... To comp- create a compelling hybrid, including exploration, adventure-style inventory puzzles, an action component, a monetary system, simplified RPG level building without the experience points. I get that, yeah. Uh, so so let's yeah. So it's it was the very first like like a remix then in gaming. Like Ze- the Legend of Zelda was remixing. It was remix culture you can't have of, a of video games hyphen at that time. unless you're combining two things. Oh my gosh. Uh, all right, I got to pick a thing. Oh, Metroidvania is on here, so I just want to put that out there. Uh, 
because you know we can't we can't talk about video games without getting to that one too. Um, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, hmm, I despite all of these games being on here. Oh, by the way, cinematic platformer is also a, a linked uh, thing on here as well. Nice. Uh, cool. All right. You got a lot of games here. Um... I do. And here's the thing. Again, like I said, I know very little about Tony Hawk. I don't know which other ones of these are. In his game, you skateboard. Thanks. I uh... <laughs> I was going to riff on that by saying, I'm sorry, I thought you were a hawk. But I actually think That'd that would be, be cooler. Great. Yeah. I don't know if I want that now or not. Is There's there, a hawk did game someone that came out ha- a little while ago, and it wasn't very good. I was so sad. Oh, that's a shame. Remember that game with the cute hawk? It, like um, before it came out, we saw like a screenshot or a gif of like him petting the hawk, and we were like, "That's adorable." Turns out the game, but the not game great. itself is not good. No. I don't remember what it's oh, that's called. A, that's sad. Um, well, let's see, guys, you got to settle something for me. Is Tony Hawk an action or an adventure game? <laughs> Speaking of, though, there is a link to Bird's Eye. More action. Bird's Eye View. There's a, a <laughs> what? Where? Uh, Hold on, I may have to do that. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not going to win this one. <laughs> you probably shouldn't do this. But yeah, I'm doing Bird's hey, don't, Eye. Don't give up. <laughs> oh, I'm not giving Tim. You have a chance. I'm sorry. You're you're misunderstanding me giving up and going for something funny. That's Ooh. there are two different this things. Looks like a pretty interesting short page. Okay, actually it is. Yeah, go on. Activision. Great, good. <laughs> Activision Publishing Inc. Perfect take. Yep. Uh, so they were founded in 1979 by some people who left Atari. <laughs> it looks like they had some early years. They got through the game market crash. I want to talk about. 1988 to 1992. Okay. So 1988, Activision began involvement in software besides video games, such as business applications. As a result, (laughs) Activision changed its corporate name to Mediagenic to better represent all of its activities. Please, hold on. Please tell me that this is leading to a Tony Hawk does his taxes uh, joke. That'd be good. But can you... just? Put that in your pocket. <laughs> can can you think of any names that are more corporately stale than Mediagenic? That's very good. Because Activision I mean, thought of three more of them. Whoa. What? Mediagenic right. consisted of four groups. Activision, video game uh-huh. publisher for NES, Sega, Atari, blah, blah, blah. You know them. Then there yeah. was Infocom, developer Infocom. of interactive fiction games. GameStar, initially an independent company, but purchased by Activision in 1986, specialized in sports video games. And then 10.0 for business application software. mm. 10 is spelled out. Yeah, of course it is. Space, point, spelled out. Yeah. Space, the letter O. Oh, it's not OH? No. That's oh, upsetting. that's a that's a miss. Yep. Uh, in nineteen eighty nine, after several years of losses, Activision closed down Infocom, uh, and then also during the period, uh, they secured the rights to distribute games for Cyan Worlds, uh, first published game 
through Activision from Cyan was The Manhole on CD-ROM for personal computers. First major game distributed in that format. And then, uh, and then Cyan left Activision, uh, and we never heard from the... Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry, they made Mist. Hmm. Oh, it's them. Yeah. Um, they didn't do it with Activision. They did it with Broderbund. With Carmen oh, Sandiego. Broderbunds are delicious, and... especially if you get them right out of the oven. Yes. Um, so, man. So you can you can read about all of the acquisitions that uh, Activision yeah. has made over the years and all of the companies that have died uh, under their care. Tim, uh, before you progress, mm-hmm. uh, what is, you know, Sega has Sonic. Nintendo as Mario. What's Activision's uh, mascot? I would say based on what you're reading there, I would say it's Pitfall Harry. And I oh, very stabbed good. through with a. No, that's never soft. <laughs> no, that was um, that was never soft. Yeah, which is part of Activision. Amazing, right? Oh. It was. It doesn't exist anymore. No. Ooh. Um. But yeah, so here's here's just a few games. Uh. The 1980s were great because you could just name your game anything and it would not have been taken yet. So you have <laughs> boxing, <laughs> laser blast. Oh, so good. Uh, oink with an exclamation point. Oh. Uh, Hero, H-E-R-O, uh, acronym of something. Don't know. Little okay. Computer People, 1985. Hmm. They did make That's Zork, a really good game. which is a classic. Oh, Vigilante 8. That was a fun series. Oh, Sky's got the cover for Oink. Oink! Yeah, it's like a three-little oh my gosh. situation. Oh, no. Yeah. Nice. That's a... Okay, so I just want to... I want to point the thing out here. Let We got to talk about this this wolf that's doing... Now, obviously, trying to blow a hole in the in the side of the building... But it looks as though this pig is empowered by rainbows. It does. Uh, as it as it is building, you know, restocking bricks into this. And I know that this is the graphics in this are not ever going to live up to this, but I'm in like this this already looks hilarious. And I I, I would be into this. Hmm. I like that the one little pig has a has a Tamashanter on. Yes. Very cute. <laughs> and the other is wearing a bandana. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so I am here, of course, for the Tony Hawk games, mm-hmm. and Tony Hawk is mentioned here. The games are. Uh, I yeah. did not find a link to Tony Hawk himself, so I'm going to Tony Hawk's. Tony Hawk's. In parentheses, series. Wow, it's just Tony Hawk's, like, yep, yeah, possessive, and then series. So I am on Tony, Tony Hawk's. Hawk's series. Tony Hawk's is a really Wait, gross. Were there any channel. other? I guess there were there any other Tony Hawk. I guess we'll find out. Besides Pro Skater, <laughs> like it's very. Hmm. Well, oh yeah, there are. Okay, <laughs> let's go. Oh yeah, let's go to Bird's Eye View. Uh, please. Uh, while we're getting to that, everyone, please come up with your favorite uh, side project Tony Hawk game. Uh, in, while we're while we're reading on. Oh, there's there's a um, there's an image that goes around that is beautiful. Oh yeah, and it's I'll find it while you are reading. Okay, um, a bird's eye view. 
uh, bird's eye view is uh, over is redirected from overhead view. Uh, and for the video game perspective, it has top-down perspective, which, of course, the video game perspective has to have its own Wikipedia page. Uh, bird's eye view is an elevated view from an, of an object from above with a perspective as though the observer were a bird. Wow. Often what? used in making blueprints, floor plans, and maps. Tim, I... Sky, I know you're reading this with me, but mm-hmm. Tim, I love the delineation here. What is it that you think... What makes a bird's eye view different from an overhead view? You can you can poop on the things beneath. Great, thank you. You know what? I was not expecting that answer, <laughs> <laughs> and you got me. <laughs> you got me. All right, that's not. It's not right, <laughs> but but also not incorrect. You I can. Guess. The camera can swoop around. So the thing that makes different that makes it a difference is uh, okay. So an aerial uh, photograph um, or drawing in this case, so it has to be from a from an angle. So an aerial view and an aerial viewpoint uh, can be any view from a great height or even at a wide angle. An overhead view is fairly synonymous with bird's eye view, but an overhead view is less is from a less lofty vantage point than the latter term. Uh, for example, an overhead view, uh, hang on, in computer video games is, is, uh, often places the vantage point only a few feet or a meter or two above human height, top-down perspective. So according to this in, um, I can't believe they're referencing this, but Microsoft Bing Maps. Hmm. Okay. Uh, the bird's eye, yeah, the bird's eye photos are angled at 40 degrees. What's that? They paid to be mentioned on this page. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Microsoft. They're angled at 40 degrees rather than being just straight down. So what they're saying here is that a bird's eye view or bird's eye shot is, yeah, as you say, kind of you were yeah. right. Yeah. You know, it, it's not swooping in, but it is like you're you're moving in on the on the site rather than just being directly overhead. Mm-hmm. Um, it says in filmmaking video production, a bird's eye shot refu- refers to a shot looking directly down on the target. The perspective is very foreshortened, making the subject appear short and squat. Uh, it can be used to establish an over, or as an overall establishing shot to emphasize the smallness or insignificance of the subjects. Shots are usually used for battle scenes or establishing where the character is. That's very true. Uh, do you want to guess? Do you want to guess how that how that uh, shot is shot, Tim? Um, how the shot is shot. How, how they get a bird's eye view shot they tie according a to this page, to a bird. Oh, and they I motion wish. capture it. Wait, Wait, so you're saying that they mocap a small bird? They 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 put a mocap suit on a bird. Yes, and then they they replicate that bird in 3D. Yes, <laughs> and then they make the view as if it was from the bird that they replicated. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. You know what? No, I'm into it. Yeah, that's what happens. It's a helicopter, awesome. right? You got it. That's it. So it's like a helicopter. Uh, they, they, yeah, it is shot by lifting the camera up by hands or hanging it or by hanging it off something strong enough to support it. Says Wikipedia. What? That's what the sentence I says. Hate. I mean, that's also it just is shot, how you shoot. <laughs> that's, no, no, this is how you shoot specifically. Film. 
You either you lift it up by hands to a uh, sky. Yeah, but you're either lifting up a camera by hands or you're it's on something strong enough to hold it. I I mean I don't know how you shoot your bird bird's eye view shots, Sky. But no, I'm just when I shoot shot. them, I lift it up by hands. Yeah, but I'm saying even if I'm not shooting a bird's eye view shot, I'm still I'm still <laughs> lifting it with my hands or holding it more like it's being supported <laughs> with something strong enough to support yeah. it. I mean, I don't know how you delineate your your shots, then, Sky. What the you're Thames saying makes no sense to me. There's a they're the same. There's a view of central London here, and it just looks like it's just brown. It's really yeah, as bad. It as, is. Yeah, it's really as bad as <laughs> I thought. Say. That was a road. Yeah. that's that's the Thames. It's the Thames. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> well, thanks thanks for ruining that for me. <laughs> I thought that was a road for boats. I thought that was yeah, a road for boats. I will tell you that in the time frame that Tim was doing his page, I started looking up because it says here um, that they that it's been used. Uh, Okay. Oh, dang it. Bird's eye views as a genre, according to Wikipedia, have existed since classical times. What? Uh, yeah. Do you, do you know what classical times are, guys? Guys? Um, since 1980. It's ancient Rome. It's ancient Rome. That's okay. classical. Uh, yeah, but they don't specify more. I actually went I went Googling around for uh, the earliest, like, er, early bird's eye view things. And they're not very interesting. I'm I'm disappointed in what I was able to find so far. Uh, according to this, uh, like the history of bird's eye view maps, they only go back to about the 1840s. Definitely not Rome, or the ancient, not ancient Rome. Hmm. Um, but you know, they're they're pictures, I guess. I I don't know. I imagine that as long as people were able to draw, they probably made bird's eye view things of of places they lived. That makes sense to me because if you make a map, you made a bird's eye view uh, uh, image of the place you li- you live. Um, oh goodness! Hmm. So okay. Um, uh, distinction is sometimes drawn between uh, bird's eye view and bird's flight view, or view plan in isometric projection, whereas a bird's eye view shows a scene from a single viewpoint, real or imagined, in your with your mocap bird. In true perspective, including, for example, the foreshortening of more distant features, a bird's eye view combines a vertical plan of ground level features with perspective of buildings or other standing features, all presented at roughly the same scale. I'm not certain what they're trying to to delineate there. I guess one is directly overhead again and the other. You know what? It's fine. It's all fine. It says this technique was popular among local surveyors and cartographers of the 16th and early 17th centuries. That's not classical times, buddies. Um, no. All right. All right. What do I got here? What's the funniest thing I can click here? <laughs> I mean, Bing Maps really is what I'm leaning toward because I imagine that's that's got to be silly, right? Mm, no. <laughs> it might be very depressing. Crane Shot is here, too. That that could be good. Uh, you know what? This, ma- this is what do you very got? sad. Bing Maps is very sad. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's very okay. long. Uh, okay. It will tell you whether or not... There's a whole graph here that will tell you whether... Uh, what the, the nav tech coverage is. Whether or not there's bird's eye views of certain countries. And what the map POIs are. 
You know what? I'm clicking crane shot. Yeah, do it. Already done. Crane shot. The, uh, the best. The best style uh, of crane. shot. <laughs> oh no! Crane's actually, a crane shot is when you mocap a crane. Right. And tie the camera to it and do oh, the do a, it's a subgenre yeah. of bird's eye view, <laughs> where it's only it's only crane birds. Yes. Uh, Tim Tony Hawk series. Yep. So uh, previously, while you were speaking about birds, uh, mm-hmm. I uploaded uh, an image, a mock-up of a of a game someone created called Tony Hawk's Existential Nightmare. Oh, very good. And uh, it. Uh, <laughs> Basically, it follows a lot of his tweets. If you have not, if you've not read a lot of Tony Hawk's recent tweets, yeah, um, they are wonderful. He shares, yes, he shares uh, his experiences that he has traveling around uh, with people who know that have the feeling that he's well known, but can't remember how. Or think like like he's Tony Hawk, but he can't he can't be Tony Hawk, right? <laughs> it's all those. It's it's a it's a it's a he, he takes it he takes it with with good humor, I believe. But still, um, I I I know that I've mentioned this before, but this is one of the things that makes me feel like a weird camaraderie with Tony Hawk. Yeah, in that I am frequently. Uh, misidentified with with the wrong name and even when i have a like a name badge on people say a different name or they they just completely uh i mean it's and they're not even close to my actual name um so uh yeah so i i i get this feeling and it's amazing to me like yeah i i'm i'm there with you tony like i i know you know i know he doesn't know me from anyone and I mean, even if he knew me from anyone, he would get the name wrong probably. But I feel like we have that we would have that understanding between us. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there, Tony. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm here when you need to talk. <laughs> okay. Nice. Uh, so Tony, <laughs> thanks, Tim. <laughs> Tony... Thanks for letting me. <laughs> You're welcome. I just we just... <laughs> you know, sometimes we need Hawks. to use this as a platform, and we can. Oh my god. There's a picture of Tony Hawk. Sky, what did you that's, that's Tony Hawks. He is he is a <laughs> he is a comedian. Is it's he? where it's where like this page like uh it's the um it says this article is about the English com- or no, sorry, Tony Hawks redirects here for the comedian. See Tony Hawks. <laughs> um good. Tony Hawks webpage is amazing is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want you guys to go to this real quick. People at home, it's t- Tony hyphen h a w k s dot com. Is this the comedian or the actual? Oh my gosh, it's the comedian. Yeah, he actually has a skateboarding section. Oh my! Mm, do I click it? Of course, I click it. It does not. Tony seem to Hawk be is Tony an American. Hawk and Tony whiz- Hawks are not the same person. Yes. Tony Hawk is an American whiz kid, skateboarding champion, whiz kid. Whilst I am a startlingly good-looking British male model, so why the confusion? Yet each week I receive email from young people from all over the world congratulating me on my skateboarding prowess and asking <laughs> advice on how to do various maneuvers. This is maneuvers. actually very good. Blow mm-hmm. some emails I've received. Hi. My rather mischievous <laughs> replies, he says. 
Hi, Tony. My name is William. I was wondering if you could help find me some cheats for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 because I have tried some websites and I can't find any that work. So if you can do that, I'd be ever so grateful. Thanks, William. William, the best cheat Aww. is to go to a store, find Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, and leave the shop without paying for it. If they catch you, just say that it was. Just say that I said it was okay. Th. Man. Remember, prison life, prison can, be life can be hard. Aww. This guy sounds like a great comedian. That was pretty funny. It wasn't actually that funny. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was pretty disappointed. Disappointed, Tony Hawk's. Anyway, Tim, sorry. Tony Hawk's series. Yes. Uh, 19 games in this series. Wow. The first half of these games are quite good. And then it just kind of died. Spirals out of control. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> published by Activision from 1999 to 2015 and endorsed by the eponymous American professional skateboarder. And... Mm. That might be the favorite link I'll ever click to get to a win. The eponymous American, <laughs> eponymous American professional skateboarder. Oh, that's very good. Uh, is that the actual link? Yes, that is the actual link to Tony Hawk in this I article. Approve. You know what? I feel like he would approve of that, yeah. too. That feels good. Uh, it started with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater in 1999. Uh series proved to be one of the most popular and best-selling video game franchises of the early 2000s because it's fun. Three more games were released from 2000 to 2002. Uh, and then the developers took a more story-oriented approach with the releases of Underground, Underground 2, and American Wasteland. Project 8 in 2006 and Proving Ground in 2007 uh, were the last in the series developed by Neversoft. After that, developer Robomoto took the franchise in a different direction by developing the peripheral-supported spinoffs Bride and Shred, which came with a... A piece of plastic that you stood on and oh, did boy. not really work very well. No. Both were commercial and critical failures. Mm. Robomoto tried unsuccessfully to revive the series with the Back to the Roots oriented releases of Pro Skater HD and Pro Skater 5 in 2012 and 2015, I which were both this. not good. Yeah. Um, see here, the first six Tony Hawks were. <laughs> it's weird because <laughs> everything is Tony Hawks possessive with the uh yes with the apostrophe yeah, the first six tony hawks received critical acclaim for their unique gameplay varied soundtracks and expansion over their predecessors uh two and three are critically ranked among the best games released for the playstation and playstation 2 respectively um fans have continued to support the legacy of the series through an online multiplayer fan game called Thug Pro. Oh, yes. Uh, which uses Underground wow. 2's engine in an all-encompassing collection of levels from the series. Yeah, I've seen uh, people play that, and it's wild. Yeah, you can put, like, any character you want in it, basically. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, background and development. To capitalize on the growing popularity of skateboarding as a sport, Activision approached small developer Neversoft to develop a skateboarding game. According to a 2018 interview, Activision originally wanted a racing game similar to the arcade game Top Skater, which, ooh, that was fun, but it was also not a racing game? Well, Tim, I feel like if we go to the page for racing game, uh, we can figure no. out a way to, to shoehorn it into one of no. the subgenres. 
Um, however, after Neversoft showed them what their engine was capable of, the racing idea was abandoned in favor of a more free-flowing approach, which I mm. think would be better for skateboarding in general. Like that's that was the uh, <laughs> that was the atmosphere of it. That was the goal. It was a good choice. That was the yeah. That was the uh, the the whole mm-hmm. the whole whole environment. They signed Tony Just, Hawk uh, uh, to it. And the game had been in development before Hawk was signed as the face of the brand, and his name and like likeliness, <laughs> his likeliness. Yeah, don't they mean likeliness? Tony Hawk has yeah likeliness. He has a high likeliness. He has a high likeliness. Is that Tony yeah. Hawk likely? <laughs> uh, they were included the late likely in development. Tony Hawk. Uh, originally, Hawk signed a licensing contract valid until two thousand two. And that was renewed until 2015. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> uh, Mitch Lasky, at the time senior VP of Activision, stated in an interview with GameSpot that the game, as well as the character, were meant to reflect Tony's signature style, an intense mix of acrobatics and hardcore technical skating. Hawk himself was involved in the development of the game and his in-game persona, remarking that he had always wanted to help create a video game that represented the reality and excitement of professional skateboarding. Tim, quick, uh, do your best Tony Hawk impersonation to do that line. How would he say that exactly? Why are you putting this on me? Because you know how he sounds. He would say it like a normal person. I know, do it. (laughs) Um... I had always wanted to help create a video game that represented the reality and excitement of professional skateboarding. <laughs> Thank you. I oh, appreciate that, too. Hawk, along with other skaters featured in the game, was animated for the game using motion capture. Oh, no! So there you yeah. go. Motion capture on a bird. Case closed. Full circle. <laughs> it came full circle. Uh. Oh, there's so much. Oh, man. People. There is a chart of... All the skaters in the games. And it is a very big grid. They've had so many people in this game. Fictionous, fictitious <laughs> guests from other properties include Spider-Man. Doom Guy was in Pro Skater 3. Oh, on the PC wow. version only. A Call of Duty soldier? Why? Uh, King Graham from King's Quest. <laughs> What's a wow. skater in 5? Oof. What is that? Nah. <clears throat> All right. So Looks I like... am I am clicking. Oh, I'm sorry. Was there something else? Well, they have a graph here of like the or a table of all the um, the skaters, like the real skaters. Oh yeah. And like Tony Hawk's the only one that's in all his games, and I'm kind of surprised. Like I figured, <laughs> I figured Rod, Rodney Mullen is wasn't in two of them. He wasn't in five, and he wasn't in what is it in Shred. But you know what? Maybe that's fine. Those are two bad ones. Mm-hmm. I want. I'm, I imagine they have to like pay these people to be in them. Maybe he's just like this isn't worth it. Well, if they have to pay for their likelinesses, yeah, sure, their likelinesses of being in it. Actually, that works. Of being in, it? Yeah, yeah, you got it. See. <laughs> uh, sorry, Tim. That's all I want to say. Tony's the only one. No in problem. Here. I am clicking on eponymous American professional skateboarder. Very good. Nice. Uh, I do want to talk for just a moment about crane shots um, before you before you go on to win, Tim. Mm-hmm. 
Um, in filmmaking and video production, a crane shot is a shot taken by a camera on a moving crane or jib, according to this. I did not know that you could call them jibs. I like that a lot. I like the cut of their jib, I guess. Uh, wait, wait, hold on. If you do live editing while you are on a crane shot, you would be it would be the cut of your jib. There you go. I'm 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 making that happen. That's what that that's what that phrase actually refers to now. Anyway, uh, most co- most cranes accommodate both the camera and an operator. Some can be removed be moved by remote control. According to this, <clears throat> camera cranes go back to the dawn of movie making. The very first movie, according uh, like uh, uh, this is alleging that it, as movies were being made, the very first ones. They it, like camera ca- camera cranes go all the way back to that. They're like um, got a camera. Says, let's stick it on a crane. <laughs> let's put on. Let's hold it up with our hands or something There's strong something enough strong to, support to support it. it. I'd rather do that. See what happens. <laughs> These cameras are old and heavy. Gigantic. <laughs> uh, and were frequently used in silent films to enhance the epic nature of large sets and massive crowds. Another use is to move up and away from actors. A common way of ending a movie, according to this. No citation on that one. Just common. It says, you know. Uh, crane shots are often found in what are supposed to be emotional or suspenseful scenes. One example of te- this technique is the shots taken by remote cranes in the car chase sequence of 1985 film To Live and Die in L.A. I suppose someone working on the uh, who worked on the 1985 film To Live and Die in L.A., uh, donated to, to Wikipedia or something because it's the only film that gets that call out. Amazing. Uh, some filmers, filmmakers place the camera on a boom arm simply to make it easier to move around between ordinary setups. So there's a lot of stuff in here. I don't really care about a lot of it. Uh, the famous examples, by the way, I just want to point out, did you know that, quote unquote, there are famous examples of of cranes in movies? Just uh, There's a list of them here. No. Okay, uh, they have, uh, I mean, for instance, a crane shot was used in Orson Welles' 1941 film Citizen Kane. Okay. Yeah, that, that's, an, that's a famous example of it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, the, that's the level of, of uh, involvement you need in order to get on this list. But I, there is one funny one that I want to incorporate here. The television comedy Second City Television uses the concept of the crane shot as a comedic material. Uh, after Ooh. after using a crane shot in one of the first NBC-produced episodes, the network complained about the exorbitant cost of renting the crane. Okay. Uh, SCTV writers responded by making the quote-unquote crane shot quote, uh, a ubiquitous symbol of production excess while also lampooning network executives. Lampooning. And, and this is literally on the page here. Who care nothing about artistic vision... And everything about the bottom line. Oh, no. Period. <laughs> Boy, they got them. <laughs> got them. Uh, at the end of the second season, an inebriated Johnny LaRue, uh, played by John Candy, is given his very own crane by Santa Claus, implying he would be able to have a crane shot whenever he wanted it. What is happening? That's it. That's <laughs> it. Someone. Someone who was very upset about this and feels very strongly about Second City. TV's uh, use of cranes to lampoon NBC execs. Wow! Thought they got one over on someone there. I, Sky, can you look at the writing or like the the notes of this just for a second? I want to know 
if there was some back and forth on on that section. What what do I need to link to? Oh, I mean, can you just look at the notes of the uh, like? I know you look at the like the like the talk pages oh, for this occasion. Talking about like the history, gotcha. Of this of this page specifically. Of Crane Yeah, I just want to know. I just want to know if someone really got into this and was like, no. No, it was because the network network execs care nothing about artistic vision and everything about the bottom line, uh, uh, which is which is just not the case for Tony Hawk, obviously. People will recognize John Candy, but not Johnny LaRue. Great. Um, <laughs> decades do not take apostrophes per the MOS. <laughs> just, okay. The one before that That's is fair. just added apostrophes to the years. <laughs> Very good. Um, okay, I'm sorry. Oh, I just this it's just amazing. Orson Welles, by the way, gets three call outs on this list. Of course. Thanks. It's important because it's Orson frigging Wells, apparently. Yeah. All right, sorry. Go on, uh, Tim. Go on and win this. Tony Hawk, Anthony Frank Hawk, American um, professional skateboarder. What, wait, hold on, what? what? Sorry, Frank. Frank? <laughs> yeah, but also to go back to Crane Shot because I looked up vandalism on this page. One is remember how I said camera cranes go back to the dawn of movie making and were frequently used in yeah, silent yeah. films. Someone yes. at the end of that sentence um, it says to enhance the epic nature of large sets and massive crowds. And then the someone added the sentence, "Oh hell yeah, dude!" <laughs> like just to really hit home that that sentence is just a pile of crap. <laughs> Very good. Oh, that makes me happy. Thank you for sharing that. This article is about the okay. American skateboarder for the British comedian C. Tony Hawks. Frank Anthony Frank Hawks. Frank. Yep. Fra- 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 Francis is what you're saying. Nope, Frank. Oh, hold on. Totally so he gets the full name. He gets the full name Anthony, but his middle name was Frank. They did not go the whole. Like, I just want to be clear. Yeah. That his parents were saying they said Anthony and then Frank, not Francis. Right. Frank. OK, got it. Go on. American professional skateboarder, actor and owner. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Swat sauce. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Skateboarder, actor, and owner of the skateboard company Birdhouse. <laughs> I didn't know you earned Bird well, ha- Birdhouse, but I guess I should have. Yeah. Well known for completing the first Cause Hawk. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> Tony Hawk. His licensed video game <laughs> titles. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Founded the Tony Hawk Foundation that helps to build skate parks in underprivileged areas. Uh, That's oh, great. Here you go. Tony Hawk was born May 12, 1968 in San Diego to Nancy and Frank Peter Rupert Hawk. Oh my gosh, he's almost as old as my parents. Mm-hmm. As a child, Hawk was described as hyperactive, and his mother has stated that he was so hard on himself and expected himself to do so many things. Oh no. Man. Uh, one time, Hawk struck out in baseball and was so distraught that he hid in a ravine and had to be physically coaxed out by his father. To be honest, same. Wow. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. As a kid. Um, but it Wait, hold on. Holy crud. He hid in a ravine? Yep. And he had to be physically I... coaxed out, quote unquote. Yeah. Wow. Mm. 
Tony, uh, Tony, buddy. His frustration just... with himself was so harsh that his parents had him psychologically evaluated at school. The results oh were gosh. that Tony was gifted as he was tested with an IQ of 144. Uh, yeah, I believe it. Oh, wow. Uh, let's see here. Uh, in 1999, he was the first skateboarder to land a 900. Uh, he did it again in 2011 uh, at the age of 43. Uh, and then on, in 2016, at the age of 48, he performed what he claimed would be his final 900 in a video posted on the YouTube channel Ride Channel. Uh, he said that Spencer was there in my first one. I guess he... he had someone with him at the time. And now he was there in my last bye. Mm. Uh, he was invited what? to President Barack Obama's June 2009 Father's Day celebration and skated in the hallways of the nearby old executive office building. What? Mm-hmm. It, I, mm. Here's some of uh, his notable movie appearances. Notable ones. Only the notable 1987, ones. 1987, Police Academy 4, Skateboarder Wait. Extra. What? What? Uh, Escape from oh. L.A., 1996, surfing stunt double for Peter Fonda in the Tsunami Wave scene film on a wave lock sheet wave in Texas. That's not possible. Mm, okay, say that again. What, what movie was that? Escape from L.A., 1996. All right. I gotta see this. Hang on. No, well, go on, I mean, I'll, I'll catch up. CSI Miami 2005, Season 3, Episode you are 18. Kidding me. Where he played skateboarder slash game tester slash game programmer slash victim. Oh my gosh. I mean, except for the last one, that's what we all wanted to be when we mm-hmm. were teenagers. 2017, Sharknado 5, Global Swarming okay, as I mean... the Hawk. Hang on a second. Did. It, did did they give his character name for the CSI one? No. Oh, that's a shame. Nope. Not on here. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, dude's done a lot. They do mention his Twitter account here. Under oh, Image yes. and Legacy. Oh. Hawk's Twitter account has become known for his humorous anecdotes of people he meets who recognize his name, but conclude that he's not the skateboarder Tony Hawk, or confuse him <laughs> with another sports person. Oh, uh, and it's so good. All of these are so good. That's uh, good. Uh, Tony Hawk one. is not listed. Is uh, he's not listed on the Escape from L.A. cast. I mean, he was an extra. He was a stunt double. Mm, I mean, they still usually credit stunt doubles. Mm, yeah. He's not on here, but I mean, I'm not saying that's wrong. Just that, that he's not on. He's not on IMDb at least. So. Here's here's a sample from his Twitter. Guy on escalator. Hey, are you Tony Hawk? Me. Yes. <laughs> Him. You still skate? Yes, quite often. But you're not that recognizable. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. But you recognized me, so here we are. <laughs> Him. Blank stare. Escalator ends. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> there's, that's a one-act play. There's that one. <laughs> so good. There's that one girl that was like, wait, are you Tony Hawk? And he was like, yes. And she was like, why? <laughs> I have no, I don't know how to answer yeah. this. At rental car agency, can't find my name on the monitor to find my car. Go inside and wait in line. Finally get to the front. Agent sees me and says, you really are Tony Hawk. Me. Um, <laughs> yes, I was looking for my name outside on the list. 
him, I deleted it because I thought it was fake. Yeah. Aww. I would do that if I was that guy. I would too. Except now I wouldn't because I know. Yeah, guys, uh, they list all of the stunt doubles. I'm like literally 30 of them here, and he's not on there. Pulling up to drive through window, girl starts to read back my order and stops herself. You're Tony Hawk? Me, yes. Can I tell everyone? I suppose. Yo, we got Tony Hawk at the window. Voice from kitchen. Who? Oh, no. <laughs> Guy at grocery store. You ever get mistaken for Tony Hawk? Or are you Tony Hawk? Me. Both. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. It's oh, it's so, so good. Uh, uh, in like 10 years, this is going to be its own genre of joke. You you know that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, we're going to have moved past this whole idea of like, oh, guys, you remember that, that Tony Hawk tweet? And it's just going to be its own set of memes on its own. It will not actually need Tony Hawk to be a real thing. Yeah. Uh, So good. So good. Did you want to say anything about where you ended up? Oh, I didn't go anywhere else. I I stuck with crane shots. They're good. Nice. I'm glad you found something that you were content with. Basically, all the only other thing that I have to have to work with is uh, is uh, Orson Welles. So. And I don't want to click that, so... Yeah, fair enough. Oh, man. Can you imagine something with Orson Welles and Tony Hawk in it? Yes, and I'd rather not. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can you imagine, like, the the bombast of what Orson Welles would bring to it, and then Tony Hawk, just the most unassuming, most earnest skater out there. Like, he's the Guy Fieri of of skating. Uh, Or is Guy Fieri the Tony Hawk of, of cooking? No. I disagree with. Yeah, I better yeah, you know disagree. What? As I'm saying that it, Tony Hawk is. You know, the, as, the I, Fier- as I'm saying it, I'm, nobody has ever guy been like. I'm ba- do people think that much. you're Guy Fieri? Yeah. <laughs> and then people go, and he goes, "I am Guy Fieri," and they're like, "Who?" And he's like, "No." People yeah. are like, "Oh, you know what? It's Guy Fieri." <laughs> and Guy Fieri's like, "Hey, it's no, me." It <laughs> All right, you know what? Welcome That's to true. Flavortown. I stand corrected. Flavortown <laughs> is around me. <laughs> Wherever I go. Flavor Town is an experience. Uh, yeah, you're right. I, I stand corrected. That's not true. I, I meant only in that he believes fervently in the in the thing that he does. Yeah, that's true. And it, like that's he's very earnest about that. He is thing very earnest. And actually mm-hmm. and actually seems to be a very nice person like good person altogether. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I get what otherwise you're otherwise, yeah, no, they are nothing alike. I stand corrected. <laughs> Oh man! Can you imagine them? Oh no! I want that game. I want that game now. Tony Hawk and Guy Fieri working on a game together. Oh, that'd be no something. Ah, food trucks. You'd be like skateboarding on food trucks. I I can do something with this. Just ah, I'm I'm like right there. Just be overcooked, too. (laughs) Oh yeah, I guess you're right. It's just overcooked. Um, We've 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 played that game. It's very good. That's a good game. (laughs) Uh, we are, we should know better. Thank you for coming tonight. Um, make sure you tip your waiters and waitresses and uh-huh. find us at wskbcast.blogspot.com. We're on Twitter at wskbcast. Um, and that's pretty much it, right? We're good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, 
I just I really want there to be like, mm, I I I like like would you be maybe you'd serve food while you're like or you have to like skateboard around to collect the different ingredients. I guess that's the thing that you do. I'm I'm I'll get there. You guys, I'm sorry. I, I'm gonna be on this for the rest of the night. I think. Fair enough. <laughs> um. <laughs> All is right. That, is that everything? You guys are. I think okay. so. Mm-hmm. It's we've we've had a couple weeks off, and so I sort of forget how to end these. We usually say something stupid, and then one of us goes, "All right, good night." And then, <laughs> all right, good night. Oh, good night. <laughs>
where the chicken just stores all its junk. Like, <laughs> just not, I don't know. I don't know how chicken anatomy I mean, works. I mean, this is a highly inefficient use of a chicken. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm sure someone else is using the rest. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> that's like wings. It's like, well, they didn't just kill the chicken and take its wings and then, well, I don't know. I suppose that's true. Yeah. Maybe some brands. Um, all right, Tim. Now, here's the thing I need to know. What sauce came with it or what did you yeah, put you get? with it? I tried spicy garlic with it. Okay. I'm, I'm with you. And it was How good. How was it? So okay, here's sir. here's one thing too. I'm like, can you mix sauces? And they're like, oh no, we can't do that. What? And I'm, I'm like, not. well, okay, I'll I'll just take spicy garlic then. Could you? Could and you then dip- they came back. Yeah. You ordered. They came two back sauces. and they go, oh, we're sorry. They had a problem in the kitchen. Is it okay if the <laughs> sauce is on the side? Yep. I'm like, yeah. And then after she left, I'm like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. If it's on the side. Mm-hmm. Why can't I just have two sauces? I mean, I thought this was America. I mean, Tim, you're you're just you're just courting disaster at that point. Hmm. I mean, no one survives dipping two sauces. No, there true. was one. There was one once, but only in legend. Oh man, you can order these online. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm looking right now. No, it knows <laughs> where my B dubs is. Oh great. <sighs> Speaking of chicken, I I ordered wings from a place around here, and they were the best wings I've had in this area, and I was very excited, and then I realized that I also paid more than a dollar per wing for them. I was like, that makes sense. It was $8 for six. I'm like, oh, yeah, this math, hmm. Does not check. No, but they're very good. Well, I mean, it... I maybe special occasions. Yeah, they're, my, they're going to be my special occasion wings, I guess. Special wings, yeah. 